0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, as a feature of modern life, we have an increasing number of technologies in our home, but with the ship came the shipwreck. So it is with phone chargers and extension cords becoming possible fire hazards. I'm joined now by lecturer in the School of Electrical and Electronic Engineering in TU Dublin, Dr. Ted Burke. Ted, good morning. Morning, Pat. So, um, what do the statistics tell us about the dangers in the home?
1: Uh, it's quite difficult to actually pin down exact figures on the number of electrical fires that are happening in homes uh, and within that, what number of them are being caused by different appliances. But um, it's certainly one of the leading causes of domestic fires. Um, the uh, Over the last five years, uh, the NSAI published a statistic, this is going back to about 2016, that about one in five uh, fatalities in Irish Uh, home fires were caused by electrical appliance faults or installation Mm. faults. Um, I was trying to confirm that by looking at the data over the more recent five years
0: of published data and it's broadly consistent with that. Um, So what would the typical fire be? I mean, there are a number of ways in which a fire can uh, happen. For example, a washing machine, a dishwasher, a dryer, um, working overnight, fire happens. Uh, Another kind of fire is not an electrical fire, but if a chip pan goes on fire, you know, a deep fryer. Um, but more and more we hear about phone chargers. Now, what's happening there?
1: So, there's, well, I think there's a number of factors that work there. Um, firstly, like any electrical appliance, there's always a risk where uh, where there's a potential for electricity to flow in an unexpected way. You can create an uncontrolled generation of heat from the electrical energy. I think one of the problems with phone chargers is people can find themselves tempted to use them in unsafe ways. So, there's... Um, being a lot of reports of people doing things like, for example, they'll charge their phone under their pillow yeah. at night.
0: Um, so, so in the, that situation... The, it, well, I mean, when you're charging your phone, you can actually feel the temperature rising if it's on the counter, for example. Even but of under course, normal if it's under, circumstances, yeah, yeah. If it's under the pillow, that
1: heat keeps... The heat just can't dissipate if it's in an environment where it's basically insulated by the things around it. Uh, so for that type of situation where the device is being used outside of the manu- manufacturer's instructions... Um even if it's a perfectly genuine device being used with the correct charger, there's a danger of it overheating and therefore a fire Because risk. that's
0: misuse by the It's misused consumer. by
1: the consumer, basically. So the, you really need to follow the uh, the instructions. Now, now, if you look at the small print for those things, they're, I mean, they say do not leave it unattended in most cases. Yeah. And it'll certainly say not to charge it on a flammable surface or, you know, where it can't dissipate the heat.
0: Now, the, the question of using the official charger, you can buy chargers for just a few euro yeah. or you can buy the samsung or apple charger which will cost you a multiple yeah. of of that figure what's the difference between the two
1: it's basically to do with the standard of testing that has been applied uh, to the device to test it in the type of conditions that's going to be used when it's plugged into that device so one of the things that you'll see if you just look up online for a cheap replacement charger firstly the price of some of them is suspiciously low as in it's hard to see how they could possibly have conducted the type of testing that would really be required But also, if you look at some of the devices, they will list compatibility with an impossibly wide range of devices, devices that don't have the same charging voltage. Uh, And in that case, what you can assume basically is that when you are charging your phone or your laptop or whatever else you're charging with it with a device like that, that there's a very good chance it's not being charged at the designed yeah. voltage. And therefore, there is a danger that it's not going to behave the same way electrically. So that it it might, if, if
0: it's a, a higher voltage than the design voltage, it'll get warmer quicker. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Now, what about those USB chargers that are built into the 13 amp plugs nowadays? Um, are they good? I mean, there, there's no... No, I'm talking about, you know, you mount... Uh, The socket in the wall and it has maybe two little ports, USB ports, and you can charge your devices from those ports.
1: Yeah, I mean, provided that they have been properly tested, I mean, provided that they've been sourced from a reputable manufacturer. Interestingly, wall-mounted sockets are not covered by the same um, requirement for CE marking that you would find for Uh, you know, electrical devices that you plug in.
0: But what's in Uh, there? Is there some little transformer that uh, drops the voltage from 220 down to a trickle voltage?
1: It is. uh, It's an interesting question, actually. I mean, really, that's been one of the revolutionary changes in power supply technology over the last few years is that we do not need to use transformers anymore in order to convert voltage from AC down to a lower voltage, like 5 volts, which is what you would 5 volts DC, which you would get out of a USB socket. Instead, it's done using solid-state switch mode uh, voltage okay. regulation. Basically, uh, and there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it actually can be done in a very efficient way that generates very little heat in the process, just provided that the, the device has been properly manufactured and that it's not being used
0: outside of its specified range. So, um, okay. So that that's because one of the things about that is um, that that your cable. Will be metal at one end and USB at the other. You know there'll be a yeah. little metal tip. So if you were getting the full two twenty, you'd get a right whack. So it's
1: got you to. Would, v- you're really only going to get five volts out, of, out you, of the USB. And you have to believe in portion it. of it, and and it should be possible to trust it. I'd be more concerned mm-hmm. really if you were like overloading. it. I mean, tell you one of the concerns that you'll see with people, especially with phone chargers, laptop chargers, because they get roughly handled and people are throwing them in and out of bags and whatever. They're very prone to the leads becoming frayed. Like when a lead becomes frayed you get a couple of possible problems there one of them is that the the fact that the the wire is becoming thinner means that the same current going through it generates more heat and that can melt the insulation on the wire or whatever but also with the likes of phone chargers laptop chargers they get really frayed around the plugs Mm. in a lot of cases and you will see sparking occurring or what we call arcing um, where electricity is jumping from one conductor yeah. to so the other. So even though it's only change. at low
0: voltage, it's still a spark. And if there's something flammable nearby, exactly, yeah, the danger of a fire. Um, the other thing is about extension cords. And there are yeah. a lot of people, you, you know, that they'll have 20 things plugged into, you know, yeah. they'll have a five gang extension lead. And then from that, another five gang and maybe a third five gang to give them multiple charging yeah. or multiple... The daisy uh, chain, yeah. Yeah, a daisy chain not to be advised.
1: It's definitely recommended not to do that. Uh if you read the instructions for most of those uh, extension extension cords, they will specifically uh warn you not to do that. Um I mean really the concern there is that you would be overloading um overloading the cords earlier in the chain. Now in fairness, if they're correctly fused, I mean the fuse yeah. should blow if you if you draw too much current through one of those leads. Um but nevertheless it's just uh, it's just a risky mm. practice that i would advise against we have a problem with this because people need so many plug sockets now yeah. because the number of devices as you said has It's multiplied by a factor of 10 probably since
0: I I mean, I always say to people who are designing an extension or a kitchen, uh, think of the number of of sockets you think you need and where you need them. Double it and double it again. (laughs) You're exactly right. So you'll you'll never have enough and you need them in the right places. You need them everywhere, yeah. One of the other aspects of modern living is the number of cordless devices Mm. that you have. It might be a cordless vacuum cleaner, uh, lots of cordless things. They, of course, have to be charged. They do. See, so you've got more and more batteries being charged in your home and yeah. potentially more and more danger.
1: And, and, off, and I mean, although it's not recommended, there's, there's no doubt that people routinely are charging devices, leaving them unattended while charging, leaving them charging overnight, potentially leaving them charging somewhere for those larger devices, you know, like uh, Hoover's cordless garden equipment, obviously e-bikes that we talked about before. It's important not to put them charging somewhere that they might present an exit obstacle. Uh, If something does go wrong, you want to make sure you're able to exit the building without having to jump over it. Now, some things
0: are encouraged to leave them charging when you're not using them. You know, a a cordless vacuum cleaner, a mini vacuum cleaner, you put it into its cradle. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that safe?
1: I would say that if it has been, if it's a device from a reputable manufacturer and you've uh, sourced it from a supplier where you're confident that it is the the genuine article, uh, if it's CE marked, it should have been tested thoroughly during the certification process over its full range of recommended use. So provided that you're using it within the set of parameters set out by the manufacturer in the instructions, those instructions will have been taken into account during the testing process um, and it should have been tested over that full range. So provided you're not going outside that, you should be okay. I would still nevertheless always think, because there's a proliferation of these devices in the home, it's too late to really be thinking about what might happen in the event of a fire when the fire is already happening you really want to just think about it routinely yeah um, make
0: sure you you've got smoke alarms and uh, all, all of that um we now have circuit breakers rather than fuses in the modern home yeah. some homes will still have the old-fashioned mm-hmm. ceramic um fuse yeah. that just screw in. Um what's the difference between the two? How is the circuit breaker safer than the fuse?
1: So the way the traditional fuse works, it's got a very thin piece of wire that the current for that particular circuit in your home, so that could be let's say the sockets downstairs or something like that, the current passes through the fuse and if too much current goes through that circuit, for example due to like a short circuit or an electrical fault somewhere in an appliance Uh, that very thin piece of wire burns out and it just ceases. It breaks the connection. Yeah, it breaks the connection. Um, The way the circuit breaker devices work, they still detect over current, meaning when the current becomes larger than what the circuit is designed to carry, but they will also detect an imbalance between the current in the live and neutral conductors. So what that tells you is if more current goes in the live wire than what's coming out the neutral wire you know that some of the current must have leaked out somewhere uh, probably into the earth uh, conductor uh, and that would tell you either that there's an electrical fault somewhere in the system or that somebody that could be that somebody has come in contact with the live conductor and the current is passing through them uh, in that case if you have a traditional fuse the current's just going to keep flowing through the person as long as their finger stays on the thing that they're getting being electrocuted by uh, but it, with a residual current device, it will detect that imbalance and it will cut out the... So you'll supply. get a momentary so shock. you get a momentary shock, but it won't be sustained. It,
0: it, it won't be, and, yeah. and won't kill you, therefore. Yeah. The, the final thing, and briefly, if you could, Ted, uh, um, extension cords. You know, you use them for the electric lawnmower or something in the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends, he told when he was a child, he used one without unrolling it and it went on fire.
1: Yeah, and he's not the first and he won't be the last. Uh, One of the things uh, that they'll recommend in the small print, if you read it carefully, is that they, in most cases, say you have to fully unwind it before you use it. And that's definitely not something that everybody does, but you really are supposed to do that. And what your friend experienced there is what happens if if you don't. And And the same
0: thing with, say, the cord inside a vacuum cleaner that's rolled up. Um, you know, it may be tested for safety that if you only unroll two metres of it instead of ten metres of it it's not going to go on fire or is it?
1: If the manufacturer recommends that you pull the wire all the way out then that's definitely what I would do.
0: All right. Dr Ted Burke a lecturer in the School of Electrical and Electronic Engineering at TU Dublin thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at 9am on News Talk.